This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We have a great show as always with a couple of really key interviews. Father Frank Pavone will be with us uh, today. He's the founder of Priest for Life. He is a Catholic priest, but he does so much more in the pro-life movement. It's pretty extraordinary. You'll want to stay for that. And we have a new guest, Bear Woznik. Bear Woznik, who is, as, as far as I can tell, is a kind of... Um, he's kind of a, um, uh, a, um, evangelist outdoorsman. He's a surfer. He's a, uh, a experienced, um, uh, outdoorsman of all different kinds. And he's an evangelist. And so it's um, going to be interesting to talk to him. We'll, talk, we'll interview him. He's got a book out called Deep Adventure. Deep Adventure about how you can get back your heroic virtues by doing all kinds of fun things. I think he's got a, he's got a reality TV series, too. So, all right. But what you need to know today, this is a very important segment. And I, I'm glad you, if you waited through that to get to this, it's important. Because what you need to know, today's wink. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, by the way, and sign up for the daily email with all this information. But today's wink, what you need to know, is this. The Republicans in the House of Representatives should announce today, they should announce today that they have their first order of business in terms of investigation when they get into power, when they get into power in the um, coming, uh, in the coming Congress, if they get the House, because earlier today, earlier Thursday morning, there was, and by the way, happy uh, St. Patrick's Day to all the listeners that have celebrated St. Patrick's Day. But uh, by uh, earlier on Thursday, the New York Times, in a story about Hunter Biden's tax problems, confirmed in their story, the paper of record, the gray lady, New York Times confirmed that the Hunter Biden laptop was, in fact, a real thing. The Hunter Biden laptop was, in fact, a real thing. It was confirmed. They authenticated it. So now let's go back and work through this. And this is why this is so important. We cannot forget. We cannot look past it. In October of 2020, about four weeks before the election, less than four weeks before the election, there was a Hunter Biden laptop that came out into the public. On the laptop was all kinds of stuff, including interactions with China, the Ukraine, uh, ugly stuff about his personal life, which ne- isn't necessarily relevant. And within a couple of hours, the New York Post, who had the story, was pushed off of social media Facebook, I think it was, said we will not allow the story to be forwarded or highlighted. And then there was a letter created by, I think, over 50 members. It was 55, if I'm remembering correctly, but over 50 members of the intelligence community retired, recently retired, high-level intelligence community folks. I think they had generals and admirals that were in there that served in the intelligence community, but they had these senior level directors of offices, uh, top level people, and they all signed a letter that basically said that there was no way that this laptop should be touched because it was Russian disinformation. And they went on the record. Now, the letter, if you read it closely, because I did at the time, it was sort of carefully couched. It kind of said something like, well, you know, we think based on our experience that this is probably what this is. We haven't seen everything about it, but that looks like that. And the letter was used as cover. 
Remember I've told you about the narrative machine? It's not just big tech and big media. They need big government cover. In this case, they got big government cover, big government leadership from the just out of office intelligence community professionals. And they said authoritatively, you, this is Russian disinformation. That was a lie. That was a lie. You could say some of the people signed that letter and it was a colossal misjudgment, but it was a lie. The organizers of that letter who were interested in helping Biden were going about lying. And now the New York Times, how many years later? Is it a year? What is it? 2022? It's a year. It's 18 months later, has acknowledged that they they have authenticated the laptop. It wasn't Russian disinformation. It never was. It was real. It always was. And there's a big admission. But what has to happen if there is a Republican House is the Republican House should create a select committee. It should be absolutely ruthless in getting to the bottom of the truth of what the intelligence community has been doing when it's either leaking or, as importantly, when recent members of the intelligence community go out, I'm thinking of Brennan, Clapper, they go on TV and they use their expertise and a lot of times their knowledge to give cover to a storyline that turns out to be patently false. Now, maybe there's nothing we can do because it's free speech, but a lot of these people keep their top secret and higher clearances in order to make a living because they're all paid as consultants. So they're paid by everybody to, to, to go on TV. They're paid by the TV state, the cable new networks too, NBC, CNN, even I'm sure Fox and everybody. The, we need to get to the bottom of the intelligence community's role in this kind of political effort because this is as big a scandal as you you can say you can say oh my gosh it says october surprise that's politics but the politicians have to fight it out but the idea that the intelligence community gave cover to the story so dramatically must lead to an investigation and there's no way the department of justice will do it there's no attorney general in a state that can do it there's no prosecutor in a city that can do it the only entity that can do it is the political entity that's elected the u.s house or senate and they must do it it is an existential threat to the future of this country if we don't get to the bottom of this and then reform the system So Republicans better get ready. That's what they have to do. I'm calling for it now. If they don't do it, they're betraying us. And there's a lot more. All right, that's what you need to know. I got to run, though. I got some great interviews. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily emails. We will be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is my old friend, Father Frank Pavone. And Father Pavone, of course, is the founder of Priest for Life. But it's uh, when you say that out loud and people know what that organization is, you know it as well as Father do so many more things than the title may imply. There's been projects out of that organization. There's been uh, leadership. And I'd say Father, as I've told you before, Father was one of our prayer participants a few weeks ago on our, our weekly uh, prayer call. 
um, a lot of folks uh, really rely on in these last years for advice from Father Pavone, both on how politics works related to faith. And a lot of it is how faith relates uh, and how people can uh, kind of function in, in these difficult times. So welcome back, Father Frank Pavone. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ed. It's good to be with you. And uh, thanks for thanks. Well, so, Father, one thing I want to uh, think about, we're in Lent. A lot of folks are observing Lent. And so, you know, it's um, it's even people that are not Catholic. They uh, they catch on to the idea that there's Catholics that are doing this or that or observing the this or the other thing. How do you uh, describe to people the importance of the time leading up to Easter, no matter what faith background you're in for you and for faithful? Well, when we celebrate at Easter the great events of our salvation, the most important events in human history, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through which we have eternal life, we're not just remembering events in the past. We are celebrating something which, as we all know from the scriptures and from our our lived experience, we are actually participants in. Christ has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Uh, He's set us free from the bondage of Satan and sin. And that's what this new life is about. And that's what this celebration of Easter is about. So because it is so transformative, because it is so, uh, it's the very essence of our salvation, we have to have a time of preparation to worthily celebrate those great feasts. And that's what Lent is, whichever way you know, folks from across the body of Christ describe it in their own traditions. The point is that it is uh, that that deepening of our commitment to Christ. It is that sharpening, if you will, of our spiritual vision and understanding so that when it comes time that we celebrate that the day of Good Friday and the, the Lord's death and his, his, his burial and his resurrection, we are more filled with joy than ever because we have we have been intent on it we've been focused we've been spending more time in prayer and we've been ready to hear the voice of god more clearly we're talking with uh, father frank pavone and, and the uh, website for the organization that he heads up is priestsforlife.org priestsforlife.org i've mentioned there's a lot of resources there uh you can uh, check out it's really well worth it especially what father does a lot of his uh, appearances and the prayer that he leads um father pavone i i wanted to ask you about a month ago we had a guest on our program uh, who um spoke about dr bernard nathanson the late bernard nathanson who was the founder really of the modern American abortion industry and, and was a, and then was a convert and, 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 and in his life, he came to repent all the abortions he had done. I mean, and, and what, yes. but, but he said something, I found it on your website that I had heard before on your website. It's referring to what you're doing. And, and it said, father, uh, excuse me, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who founded the abortion movement was influential in, I think, NARAL and basically making it. So they were uh, persuading people to buy into the abortion vision. And he said they would have never gotten away with what they did, the success, if the clergy had been more united and had been purposeful and had been strong, is what your website says. My question to you is, have you seen that that the, the that change? There are still always going to be liberal um, leaders in churches and synagogues and wherever, but have you seen uh, more leadership, more united leadership on the issue of abortion, or are we still living with the fragmentation that, that the, 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 the abortionists uh, took advantage of? 
You know, uh, I'm glad you bring up Dr. Nathanson. I had the privilege of knowing him uh, pretty well and uh, following his journey uh, and some significant moments of it. And uh, I would say there has been some progress and there has also been some ways in which it's been getting worse. The progress is among especially the younger clergy who have grown up, many of them, you know, at their mom's and dad's side protesting in front of abortion mills. You know, it's one thing to know the teaching of the church that abortion is wrong. It's a different thing to have the skill set to fight the cultural battle. And a lot of the younger priests have that skill set. They grew up in the movement. So that's a distinct advantage. Hmm. And we find when we do our clergy seminars, it's a lot easier to talk to them. They're already on the same page. They're just looking for the resources they can use. In the sense in which it's gotten worse is that, and Ed, you see this, I mean, we see this across the body of Christ, the leadership uh, in, 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 in the Catholic community and in so many of the uh, uh, churches around America, are, are are marked by a certain cowardice. We see this, especially when it comes to the realm of politics. They don't want to get anywhere near, and yet they're supposed to. They 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 need to, but they don't want to talk about politics. And then they bring in pro life and abortion as if it's in you know inherently political, and they feel like they have to avoid that too. And a lot of times it's because they just don't know how to deal with their own emotions if they get criticized or if they experience rejection for the message. Mm-hmm. I remind them, hey, guys, we follow a, a, a Lord who was crucified, so <laughs> don't, ex- don't expect to get treated better than he was. You know? So, you know, it's getting better, but it's also getting worse in some ways. Well, and, and and our guest a few weeks ago was uh, Terry Beatley, who has had, yes. had her experience with uh, uh, Dr. Nathanson. Of course, her her uh, organization Hosea for uh, Hosea for You dot org is her website. I remember that off the top of my head. But uh, Terry Beatley is an amazing uh, the Ho- Hosea initiative. That's what it was. Um, so Father D- Frank Pavone is our guest, and uh, Father Pavone again his uh, a lot of his work, not all of his work, but a lot of his work, and a lot of the things he's up to is at priests priestsforlife dot org priestsforlife dot org. Um, Father, we're getting ready for uh, a decision. The U.S. Supreme Court, after decades, is going to take up the issue with a pro-life majority, the U.S. Supreme Court. There's no doubt that there's a pro-life majority, whether it's five or six, it's a different question, but they're, they're certainly identified as a pro-life majority, the U.S. Supreme Court, taking up the Dobbs case. There will be a decision in June, perhaps July 1st. Um, how do you prepare for that? I, I know we, when we're optimistic, you and I sit and say, hey, it's going to reverse Roe v. Wade. We're going to have a whole new world. We're going to engage this and win. But how do you get people aware? Uh, you mentioned something that the you mentioned the clergy has. I think the faithful have it. And that is that inaction, self-censorship in the in the culture that is so, uh, so woke and so canceling. You say, well, I don't want to say something. It's too costly. And after a while, you say, I don't want to do anything either. I'm just going to be sitting here and waiting and it feels like a lot of folks may be um, a body at rest stays at rest and we're resting when there's something to do how do you get people ready for whatever's going to happen with the Dobbs case and the Supreme Court and the question of legal abortion in America well and I think it's going to be something good that comes out of the court and that good will be give more power to the people to decide uh, and implement 
uh, the protection of the unborn. The courts have been an obstacle in the way to many states that want to protect the unborn, uh, but they've been told it's unconstitutional to do so, which is absurd. There's no nothing in the Constitution or its structure or its history that suggests that we can't protect the unborn. So I think it's going to be uh, uh, open up uh, more room, if you will, for states that want to protect the unborn to do so. And when we say states, again, ultimately we mean the people working through their elected representatives. So therefore, a good way to prepare for the Dobbs case, first of all, is to get the narrative clear in our own minds. The court is not going to be taking away so-called right to abortion, even though we acknowledge it's, there is, it is no such right at all. But it's merely going to be saying, okay, fellow Americans, you want to protect these babies? Go for it. And it's also saying to the people on the other side of the issue, you think it's okay to dismember and, you know, crush these babies? Well, then make your case. Make your case. Um, So what we need to be doing is getting, getting clear in our minds that that's the issue. Secondly, getting to know our state legislators. Do we know who represents us in the state house? If not, it's not hard to find out. And it's easier to access our state reps than it is our our federal uh, representatives and senators. So we should do so and find out where they stand on these issues. Let them know where we stand and find how we can help them. That's those two things. Great preparation for this upcoming decision. Well, and, and you know, we, uh, Father Frank Pavone is our guest again, priestforlife.org. Uh, you've been there for, for many years with the late Phyllis Schlafly and me and others. Um, there is, a, in one of the two major political parties, uh, there is a national platform plank for pro-life. In the other, there used to be some pro-lifers. There's not. You know, one thing maybe that happens after this uh, is that there could be a revival. I mean, none of us none of us should want uh, pro-abortionists in any, in any place, any space, whether it's politics or not. Uh, Father Pavone, last question for you how have you not been canceled i mean you've been fearlessly <laughs> you've been fearlessly out there at, at various times saying things that are just not supposed to be said is it just because you're such a nice guy nobody hates father frank Pavone? <laughs> but seriously how have you not been canceled this is an interesting question well when it comes to social media you know, Ed, frankly, we follow the rules of the platform. Okay. And we, we, we get our message out there. Sometimes it's just as just a matter of, you know, not using certain words, but mm-hmm. use other words that we can still get the message across. So we do, we do have a team of experts that study the rules and uh, we've been able to keep our presence on all the major social media platforms. Now, within the Catholic Church, I can tell you there's very strong efforts to cancel me on the part of certain hmm. in the hierarchy. Certain no. have outright lied about me and they try to obstruct me at every turn. So it is an ongoing battle. But, you know, the, the reason we've been able to continue and succeed is simply this. It's the support of our great people, our great patriots, our, our fellow Christians. Again, not just in the Catholic community, but across the body of Christ. Our listeners and people like them who when they hear what we say and when they see what we're trying to do, they say, we're going to get behind this effort. And whether it's it's the effort they see at Priests for Life or in any of the other great groups that, that are doing this work, yours included, uh, this is where our strength is. And, yeah. and as long as they continue to stand with us, you know, those who are abusing their authority, and I call it that for exactly what it is, there are some abusing their authority uh, in the church and in the government. There's a deep state and there's also a deep church. 
Uh, mm. They will not succeed when we, the people themselves, those that are listening to us right now, rally around us and stand strong. As long, Ed, as you and I are speaking the truth and we are conducting our ministry with integrity, which we do, uh, I don't think we can lose. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, your optimism is one of the things that's contagious, too. I think that people know uh, you've given your life for your faith, and you've uh, uh, then given your um, faith, you know, your work as a priest uh, for life. So, Father Frank Pavone, thank you, as always. Uh, f- uh, priestsforlife.org is the website. Father Frank Pavone will t- encourage people to get things up there on social media, try to behave and, b- and not break the rules, too. So thanks again, sir. My pleasure, Ed. God bless you. All right. God bless you. We'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, it's time to have new, a new guest, a new interview, a man whose name, which is already going to excite people, Bear Wozniak, Bear Wozniak. His first name is Bear. He's got a book called Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, which I picked up. Somebody sent it to me, Bear, for uh, I guess for Lent. And I picked it up. I, I, I actually they send me books and I love it. This one, they sent me a PDF. And don't tell your publisher. They get nervous when there's a PDF floating around. So they sent me a PDF. I printed it out and I've been reading it. I told you I'm about uh, about 75 percent of the way through. So fascinating thing. But first of all, welcome, Bear, to the program. How are you? Aloha. So I've never had anybody tell me they're reading my book as an act of penance. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on that too much. But all right. So, but tell us about where how how did you end up here, where you're writing books and you're talking on the radio uh, about you know deep adventure, the way of heroic virtue is the name of the book. How'd you end up there? How'd you end up here? Well, that's a great. That's a great question. You know, uh, I, I would just say I had this. It's of course an evolution in my life. But I had this moment, I was being interviewed on a radio station in Tampa, and this and, and Jamie Derzapolsky and I were, were praying, and I had this sense in my mind, I would say like, not a vision, but you know, this image in my mind of a man in a black pickup truck driving through gravel and spinning his wheels. Hmm. I told Jamie, that's it. We have, we have men that have no weight in the back of that pickup truck to give them traction, no weightiness of purpose. And nothing in their toolbox, you know, and, and, and to me, and right then I knew focusing on the virtues, you know, the seven virtues, justice, self-mastery, prudence, fortitude uh, of, of Aristotle, you know, and, and, and Socrates and, uh, and faith, hope and love of, of uh, the, the infused uh, theological virtues that, that uh, Paul talked about. So when you focus on those seven virtues, it's just it's just amazing how you, how you get traction. In your life, and you begin to build new habits, and you and you set a new, a set a new course, and also how much simpler life becomes because choices become easier. Uh, we're, we're talking with uh, Bear Wozniak, the author of the book that I'm reading, and it's Sophia Institute Press, which is uh, a great press. Uh, Bear, it's really cool that you're there because it's uh, they have so many good things, and and he is um, Bear himself has been a world championship, uh, world champion surfer. He's uh, a got a black belt. Um, he's he, the, the the thing I wondered about EWTN's Deep Adventure, the radio program there, and a reality show, Deep Adventure Quest. Um, you know, sometimes you have to have the things that matter or good things become trendy, for lack of a better phrase. In other words, somebody says, hey, this is what I'm doing. And people say, I want to do that, too. Is that has that been your experience of of the of your deep adventure stuff? Well, if you're sharing the gospel, um, you know, should be like that. I think the gospel is caught 
more than taught. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and you, know, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. When you, when you watch a surfer on a big wave, you know, a yeah. really big one, like 40-foot face, right. it's hard to see how big that wave is because it's, it's breaking so far out. And then you'll see, like, you won't even see a surfer on the wave. You'll see the trail of that surfboard, that white foam wake behind it as he's carving along the face of that wave. And then you get a sense for how big that wave is. And that's what I, that's what I think we as Christians are, is to, is to um, you ride that wave of the adventure of God's will, and then people don't really see you. They see the wave more than they see you. And then that's how it gets caught. They see the thrill of, the, to me, the greatest adventure you can, in fact, my creed is the, the most radical question you can have in life is to abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And when people see you on that adventure, they're like, well, I want to do that, you know? Right. And so it draws draws people in. And the other thing is living with joy. You know, just the joy of the Lord is our strength and and not to get down and under the circumstances, but to to live a life of virtue and and, and live above all of that. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Bear Woznik, his uh, his uh, book, which I've I've got in front of me, and uh, is Deep Adventure. Uh, Bear, but in a world where people are hooked, literally on um, action, on you know dopamine. I mean, literally. So when you can show me a clip of of a guy like you going down a, a 25 foot wave, I'm going to watch that even if it's only 45 seconds, because that's going to be like, whoa. Right. And and the, the truth is we're we've been reprogrammed. We're being reprogrammed every day, in my opinion. I, I think I'm right by big tech and big media to live on that dopamine. And the question is, you know, in my mind is how do you um there's lots of bad ways to get the dopamine, right? So, you know, uh, uh, sexual promiscuity, pornography, uh, food, alcohol, drugs. There's lots of ways that can lead to real trouble in your life. How do you set up the dynamic where people almost like they want <laughs> virtuous dopamine hits? That's a, that's a great question, too. You know, what? by the way, I should let people know, uh, world champion surfer, but it's tandem surfing where I left my wife when we surf. That's where I won my... My oh really? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, she's she's a great athlete. But what I'm what I'm saying about that is that um, you, there people will introduce me and they'll go. Oh, I actually had someone say this because like this is this guy Bear Wozniak. I told you about him. He's the guy that follows his passions. And I said, uh, no, I don't. He goes, yeah, you're that guy. You do all these things. You run with the bulls and all that stuff. And I go, well, and you follow your passions. And I go, no, I don't. I hope to. Uh, to, to uh, my desire is to follow God's will. Passions are a drivenness within us. You know, right. it's, it, right. there, it's a certain drivenness. But desire, the very root word of desire is uh, to look up at the stars. And so to change our, to, to, to uh, not to sublimate our passion, but rather to increase our desire. And Jesus said, thou, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. And so that's the one thing in life that we can totally abandon ourselves to in love is God. And why? Because he's an eternal being. So we can love him infinitely and also eternally. And so the, the key to, to, to uh, stepping away from the passions really isn't so much to try to push them down and force them down. But honestly, Ed, it's just sitting time in my prayer chair over here, having a time of prayer, uh, an hour every day with the Lord, making prayer and in study. 
And then you have this upward yearning for God, which is totally different than being driven by the passions. I was watching video last night <laughs> uh, with my wife of, uh-huh. of, of parents destroying their children's computers and gaming equipment because they, they were so addicted to it. So it's not just drugs and alcohol or things like that. Uh, and these people were screaming as if they were demon possessed when that happened. And so there, there needs to be just be a change. It's like when I lift my wife and we tandem her, she has a place her eyes look. Sometimes she's looking straight up. Sometimes she's looking at my shoulder. Sometimes she's looking at the horizon when she's lifted up into that lift and she's locked in. And when she's locked into that, we're, we're balanced and we're in control. Even on a big wave, I can feel when her eyes look a different direction. I remember the first contest we surfed in uh, together. I could see her. I could feel her eyes moving. And I told her, look up. And when she did that, the lift locked in. You know, the, the, the root word for, for sin, which is a word we don't like to use anymore. We like to use the word mistake. But the root word, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, is an archery term meaning to miss the mark. Hmm. So the key is, where is your focus? If you let your focus, where are your eyes? Where is your focus? If you let it, if you let your, if, if you, if, if you, if it's towards pornography, if it's towards, if it's, to, if, it, if it's, if it's drinking or if it's, it's some other sort of addiction, it's, or it's not so much, I got to push that down. Of course, resist the devil and he will flee, but you also need to look up to God. The whole key is to increase your desire for God to the utmost. And then, you know, Gosh, I don't want to do that because it's going to re- re- ruin this this time with the Lord. And we as we as surfers know, uh, you don't go out in sharky water. You know, we right. have, you know the, the teaching, the Catholic teaching, uh, uh, avoid the near occasion of sin. Sharky water is where it's murky. Hmm. You know, I have stories of sharks where where I remember once my son and I were surfing after a heavy wave rain over in front of my parents' house in Maui, and and we said, you know, we got to move this. There's, this is where the water, the muddy water's been flowing out. This is probably sharky water, and we moved, and two hours later, someone got bit right in the hindquarters, right where we were surfing. Hmm. And, then, and then I remember my friend Archie Kalepa, the head lifeguard in Maui, um, getting a, a, a radio call when I was with him once that someone had been attacked, and, I, and he said, I bet he got bit in the back, in, you know, in, in the behind, because he, he tried, he ran. And instead, when the shark comes, you need to face it, hit it in the face. So there has to be that resist the devil and he will flee part to these addictions. But there also needs to be this just turning to God, meditating on his word. Let your, your, your mind be transformed uh, by, by, by words, right? By the renewing of your mind in the form of words. So words are so powerful. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're talking with Bear Wozniak. His uh, book again is uh, Sophia Institute uh, Press Deep Adventure. Um, the uh, the culture is confusing on lots of levels, but one way it's confusing. It used to be we'd say something like this. We'd say, "Oh, there's a crisis of uh, of male role models in the inner cities among African Americans." Now I think we can say something like, "There's a crisis among uh, males." in the country, in understanding how you're a guy, how to be a man, how to develop that. It's not just one, it's not one socioeconomic group anymore, right? I mean, it's, it's a sort of, you talk about the cancel culture, the cancel culture, the number one target of the cancel culture has been to cancel the, the notion of men, of a virtuous man. And it's been pretty effective. Well, you know, the word culture has the word cult in it. That means religion. Right. Right. And so there's big, there's the, that comes from the, really often uh, there's this atheistic or even hatred for God. And, and with that 
God being our father, there's a hatred for, for men as, as, as fathers too. But you know what blows the whole agenda? Look at what's happening in the Ukraine. Men are being men there. You know, they're escorting their women and children to the border and then going back to fight. That, okay, so there's like no argument there that there's a difference between being a man and a woman. And people ask me, so so what's the key to masculinity or masculine spirituality? And I go, I don't talk about masculinity. I talk about manliness. We need our men to be men. And this whole woke culture, by the way, this whole woke culture reminds me was I, when I was in high school and how the girls would cancel each other. Men are more direct with each other. Or, you know, we'll go into like Elon Musk saying, I'm going to go into single combat. <laughs> right, right. Men, men are more like that. But women tend to be catty. I'm just sorry. I don't mean to, you know, it's just it's the, the way the way the attack goes with women is it's, it's passive aggressive. It's this cancel cart culture. It's the in crowd. It's the out crowd. It, it's the feminization. Of, of, of the culture, too, where we see this cancel culture going on. But men should say, oh, my gosh, uh, I'm being marginalized. Look at how society is, it makes fun of, the, of, of men. That's a victim mentality. If it happened, it's because you let it happen. And the way you win that victory is by standing up like Ed Grassroots um, uh, conservatism, getting involved locally, being on the school board for peace sex. What a great help that would be. Or teaching catechism or or coaching a baseball team, not dropping your kid off, but coaching a baseball team. The 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 the, the, the breach in society runs right through our living room. So we need as men especially to lead by example, servant leadership, and 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 our children should see us making virtuous decisions and and, and, and spending time with them. Yeah, it's um, it is a uh, it's uh, in a funny way. It's a time for exactly what I mean, not a funny way, but it, it, you're, what you're doing, talking about these things uh, is. Oh, here's my last question. When you go tandem surfing with your wife, I'm being serious now. Do you have to be tandem? Is it a man and a woman like a husband and wife or can it be two, can be two yeah, dudes? Yeah. Two, when two, I was two, running the world tour, they wanted to uh, someone wanted to come in and produce a TV show. And they said, we're going to have a, a same sex couple. And I said, no, no, we're not. Right, right. <laughs> I walked away from that that opportunity. And it's a powerful thing, Ed, when a man lifts a woman, when a man, he's the captain of that ship. Mm-hmm. He protects her. He chooses the wave. And then they paddle in together. And when, when we get up, I get up first, she gets up second. But, but when you're really in tune, we get up as one. And then I lift her. My mm. job when I lift her is to protect her. I've got my knees look like an amusement park. I've been banged into so much by other boards of my back. Looks like I've had back surgery because of so many cuts from the from the reef falling backwards, holding her while I get drugged across. And ultimately, what I'm doing is I'm lifting her, and she displays her prowess, her strength, her beauty. No one looks at me. Mm. Men need to start lifting women again. Mm. And, and 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 women, by the way. Whenever I go speak, Cindy and I get just surrounded by young women, older women, women of every age. Please teach men how to be men again. We need men. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an uh, amazing time. All right, Bear Wozniak, I'm out of time already. So uh, I, we will put Sophia in Sophia Institute Press, uh, sophiainstitute.com. They got a lot of great books, including yours, uh, Deep Adventure. And we encourage uh, people to check it out. We'll put it up on social media. And I will continue my Lenten observances by finishing your book. So thanks, man. Have a great uh, Easter. God bless. Okay, my brother. Aloha. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, otherwise known as NATO, was established in 1949 to counterbalance the threat of communism. Today, the NATO nations stand ready and willing to defend against communism, though they seem much more interested in defending leftist gender ideology than defending freedom. NATO's gender-inclusive language manual is their weapon of choice. This manual was developed under the direction of the NATO Secretary General's Special Representative for Women, Peace, and Security, whatever that means. Like so many other leftist language manuals, the document calls for gender-neutral pronouns whenever possible. Cleaner is to be used instead of cleaning lady. And the manual is also clear that doctor is to be used in the place of the term lady doctor. Swashbuckling servicemen, uh, oops, service persons, that were used to manning a position will be disappointed to know that they're only permitted to staff that position. And don't even get me started on the word manpower. The manual acknowledges that terms like the naval seaman are problematic, but they don't suggest an alternative. If you're in the Navy, now might be a good time to get acclimated to the idea of being called a sea person. Not missing an opportunity to hit a leftist talking point, the manual also makes clear that transgender people are supposed to be referred to by the pronouns that they identify with. How far will this go? The manual does not say what to do if the preferred pronouns of a private first class are general or general self. It seems to me that anything is up for grabs these days. We like to chuckle about the ridiculous notions in these gender-inclusive language manuals, but protecting the free world from the threat of communism is no laughing matter. While the defenders of freedom are busy coming up with new words to placate the feminists, you can bet that the enemies of freedom are engaged in far less trivial pursuits. Militaries serve one purpose, and one purpose only, to dominate enemy forces. The culture warriors can crow all they want about how diversity makes us stronger, but manpower will always be more important than manuals. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For more than 50 years, Phyllis led the fight against the dead-end road of radical feminism. Today, with the rise of so many savvy young conservative women, new voices are emerging. You're invited to voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We just got a couple of minutes. Hey, I hope that you celebrated over this last day, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Lots of folks do. Some people don't, I guess, but it's a great holiday. Myself... My own family is almost entirely Irish American. We have just, uh, I think my father got one of those DNA and uh, uh, you or whatever it's called, uh, uh, test 22 and you or 22 and us or whatever. And he's like 99.9% Irish. And my mother's family is all Irish too. So we're all Irish in our household. More importantly, we grew up. Uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Day as a family, corned beef and cabbage, lots of green, and celebrating the history of uh, the great uh, melting pot that is America, in our family at least. And of course, my most famous 
Irish relative is, we call him great uncle. It's really, I think, a second cousin, my grandmother's second cousin, Thomas Mitchell, who was a great actor. He played Uncle Billy in It's a Wonderful Life and uh, Dez in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He won an Academy Award for being Doc Boone in Stagecoach. His name is Thomas Mitchell, one of the great. He was also Scarlett O'Hara's dad in Gone with the Wind. Famous actor and uh, our family, my mother, my father's family is all Mitchells is on his mother's side. So anyway, happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope people had uh, some celebration. Hope they had a great day. And uh, we certainly celebrated in my family. And thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, and uh, especially uh, Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily emails. Get all these great interviews. You can search for them and pass them on to other people, please spread the word. It helps us get the word out of all the great work and all the great, um, great interviews we're doing, great segments we have, but also and especially the great work that the guests we have on the show are doing. So um, we will be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.